The world is in peril. It's chaos everywhere. We're not covering any of it because we're too stupid. You're black, right? Right. Allegedly. Robert Paul Champagne. Uh. All it takes for rappers to join pickleball is for Michael Jordan to make some Jordans for pickleball. Merry Christmas, you guys. You sound like every gay in Manhattan. I feel gay. To try it out. Are washcloths for the poors? How much is it going to hurt again? <laughs> What's going on? Ever heard of the Pulitzer Prize? We sure haven't. Go to YMHstudios.com to get your tickets right now. And so, but the piss comes through a different one. It, there's a flap. So so it's almost like a train track thing. Yes. Where it's like 100%. I got the morning stiffness, but I'm always ready to go. <laughs> he wants to go back and talk about prostate again. <laughs> Welcome to Dr. Drew After Dark. Please be advised that Dr. Drew After Dark may contain sexually oriented content and be unsuitable for young children. Hey everybody, welcome to Dr. After Dark. Dr. Drew After Dark at gmail.com at 818-253-1693 and uh, keep an ear and an eye out for when we announce that we are taking live calls. We do love taking live calls in this show. It's been a nice, it's another Christina edition. That was her idea and I think it was a smart one. Today my guest is Che Durana. Durana? Durana. Durana. Nailed it. Durana. Uh, <laughs> che Durana. <laughs> it looks like Durana. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh in New York now, uh, the Tales from My Butthole is available. Yes, if you want to yeah. listen to my first ever comedy album, Tales from My Butthole, you can find it on Spotify. <laughs> uh, my Most Amazing Top 10. Yes, I worked there for years. I was a host on a big YouTube channel over there in Canada where I'm from. And where do you want people to go now? Oh, where now you can go to chedarena.com for all everything uh, and also any, any platform. It's C-H-E-D-U-R-E-N-A, Chedarena on everything. Uh, I'm going to be at the Wilbur in Boston. Oh, that's a big on, theater. Yeah, on January 12th. That's my first theater gig ever. Congratulations. 50% sold out. So if you guys are in Boston, come check it that's out. It's a great theater. Oh, it's, it's amazing. It's right by so the excited. Commons. Yeah. So have you ever lived in New England? You ever been up there spending time? Uh, I was. I did a few shows in Rhode Island um, in Providence, East Providence. Yeah, uh, that's in Rhode Island. I absolutely loved it. And like anywhere that's kind of like blue collar, like working class. Those are where I have my best shows of all time. And you grew up in Canada? Yeah. British Columbia, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like Vancouver area, like maybe an hour outside of Vancouver suburbs. Yeah. I think about Vancouver as sort of being all there is in that area, Victoria and Vancouver. Are there suburbs? There must be suburbs. I mean, there's tons of suburbs and stuff, lots of farmland out there. It's beautiful. You can go up to the mountains It is so beautiful. Whistler and stuff is spectacular. And when you come back down into Vancouver, it's just like, oh my God, no wonder people live here. Yeah. Honestly, the only downfall of Vancouver is- in Canada. That's part of the problem. (laughs) (laughs) That's part of the problem. It is part of the problem, man. That free healthcare sucks, dude. (laughs) But it um, it rains nonstop over there. It like it when uh, the town I grew up in, the it rained for twenty nine days consecutively once. Yeah. Let me ask this: Why does Seattle? Maybe it's just because it's in this country we hear about it all the time. But that yeah. gets the reputation for all the rain. And yeah, yeah. I'm sure Vancouver is exactly the same. Oh, same. Yeah, you're getting the exact and yet same. And you don't climate. hear about that. I think it's just because it's yeah, it's it's outside of your country. It's, it's a it? whole other world over there. How um. 
Any thoughts about how uh, Canada is going these days? Um, I think Canada, like, it's doing really well overall, but, the, like, there's a lot of stuff that needs to change. We have a lot of the same problems you guys are dealing with. Like, everything's just getting overpriced. Like, it's so expensive to it's live It's expensive, there. and yeah. it feels like it's even more, um, for lack of a better way of describing it, kind of politically correct. Like, they oh, yeah. way into it. I mean, it depends on where you are in the country. Like, it, the uh, middle of Canada really doesn't care at all. Um and then at the East Coast as well. I, I was out in the I love the East Coast. So again. Newfoundland, Nova New, Scotia. Yes, that the East Coast. If any, most people listening to this will have no idea where, where East Coast Canada is. Think of just like an island of people that speak in this weird dialect <laughs> that's like Irish English mixed. They things like dubais when they're talking about like a group of guys. Uh, they all are like nautical people because it's like a big fishing culture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they and like military too. There, right? Isn't it? There's some military yeah, yeah. stuff too, yeah. and so it's all like. Uh, fishing fishermen who like do coke and party. It's like think of pirates. It's a pirate town. I caught chlamydia there. Like, <laughs> like yeah, that's what's Fantastic. going on. Oh, it's amazing. Um, but I was out there not that long ago, maybe like a year ago, and I was like, oh, it's like PC culture never existed here. That's oh, what is I that felt right? Like. Oh yeah, yeah. And and then the the oddest thing for me about Canada, and and I can't because I guess you have to live there to f- figure out how this works. Yeah. But the French Canadian part. Oh, that yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And and I know French. I yes. know how they are. Yeah, and they're the same there as they are on the other side of the Atlantic in terms of their pride and their Frenchness and all this so, stuff. And how they deal with all the PC stuff, kind of, I find it interesting because they also are very attached to 1790. Yes, they like their liberté. Yes. So how does that work? So the French Canadians are justified in their pride of themselves because the French Canadians were treated like not even second class, like third class citizens forever by the British, by the like, and then the Canadians attacked like they were the enemy for a thousand years. Exactly. Yeah. So they were, they basically had to fight through a huge amount of oppression Mm. and to keep their, their, like their language and their province and keep themselves alive. Mm. So there's a, like they, there's a crazy amount of camaraderie and it's actually, I wish there was that with other Canadians because a big problem with the like Canadian entertainment industry and can't Canadian anything, it, it, it's heightened in the entertainment industry because we consume so much American entertainment. Uh, but we anything Canadian made that's like in, on the English side, unless it's the East Coast, unless it's Quebec, is like considered lame. It's not supported. It doesn't get the funding. Canadians don't watch it. And yet Do, comedy is big in Canada. Oh, comedy's huge in Canada, yeah. but all our best comics left, went to America. Then you get the respect. The Quebecois support the fuck out of their own stuff. They're they, comedians. Oh, yeah. Everything they do. Everything Quebecois. Uh, Quebec has its like own ESPN. They have their own like TSN. Like they have their own They have their own anchors. politicians too, which oh. I find. And there's a lot of French spoken on Canadian TV, which I always strikes me as like, Oh, yeah. Not everyone speaks French in Canada. But it's like if you're a Canadian politician or like a Canadian, uh, like if you get to a certain level you in Canada, you have to be able to do both. I yeah. see. I mm-hmm. see. And, and I, I've never really heard Trudeau speak French, but I'm imagining. Oh, he does. Yeah, he yeah. Does. yeah. He'll say, Hello, bonjour. He always does that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but Trudeau, yeah, he's, he's whatever he is. And, yeah. and and what is he? Do you do you? I don't know what to make of the guy. So true. He looks like an idiot from here, but yeah. I always wonder: Are we seeing? I think he is things. an idiot. Like okay. I think, like the thing about Trudeau that bothers me is like the huge level of hypocrisy and everything. Well, he that's does. the part we see. Yeah. So like yeah. he. He's doing things like he's like, I'm so PC, I'm so progressive yeah. and all this stuff. But and then like... Then he's going to put the truckers in jail. Yeah, then he puts <laughs> the truckers in jail. Yeah. And then also like 
the Native American people hate him because they he's given them no support. And you want to talk about one of the most oppressed groups in Canada, well, the and, most and oppressed worse group. than we were really in oh, a lot of ways. Horrible. Yeah. The tr- the the way Native American people, I get I, I in Canada it's different. And, it's and first you, you have all the way up into the 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 Klingit and all the the, the northern Indians. You know, Absolutely. Or, 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 that's not the right word. First Nations. First Nations. Yes. Yeah. So see, the, see how bad we are. For, <laughs> a perfect example. I'm old. Um, I'm trying. But yeah, like you heard about all the stuff with the residential schools and stuff, right? Yes. Yeah, it's like horrible. And they still have so many problems in different communities on reservation that they need support from. Mm-hmm. And and Trudeau has done almost nothing to help them. And he just continues to do nothing in the country. People are like our biggest problem, I would say right now, is the cost of housing and the cost of living. Which for sure. Yeah. And, and here too, to be fair. But it seems like there's n- not even any rhetoric about it up there. You don't even hear anybody discuss it. Oh, we, we're. But sure. I mean, the politicians. Oh, yeah, the politicians. There's a new guy who's like our conservative guy who's really harping on it because he knows that's the biggest talking port point. And who knows? It, will he actually do something if, he'll, if he gets elected? I think he will because everyone hates Trudeau right now. And then we have like our other parties that have never had office. They've gotten close a couple times, but they probably won't. Interesting. But um, yeah, Trudeau. Like, like independent party sort of thing. Uh, well, they're not independent. We have the. Uh, um, the Green. new Democrats mm. and then the Green Party. The new C- Democrats got close a couple times. They're like our most liberal party. Mm. And then the liberals are kind of our in-between. And then we have our uh, conservatives, which is like our most right-leaning Where party. do the French fall on all this? The French have their own where <laughs> the, it's the Bloc Québécois. The Bloc Québécois <laughs> is so like crazy. But they, but I'm sure a bunch of Quebec votes for uh, wherever. And now yeah. you live in New York. I live in New York in now. In the Lower yeah. East Side. Mm-hmm. Way Lower East Side. By, mm-hmm. by the, the new developed peers and stuff. Right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, and how do you find New York. I love New York. And you were only there since COVID. Yes. I I got there uh, August of 2022. It's it's been odd since COVID. It it was very weird during COVID. Yeah. Uh, And it took a while to come back. I mean, for instance, restaurants still close at 10 or 11 o'clock. Yeah. That's mind-blowing. Yeah. Bars are closed at 11. That's weird. It's New York City. It's supposed to be open forever. Yeah. Still do that. And, uh, but I was there this week. And I noticed more people on the street, more mm. people seeming happy on the street. Yeah. And something I've not seen in years, tr- little troops of skinny, drunk, white chicks. Oh, you haven't seen that in years. I haven't seen that in a long time. I see time. that every day. <laughs> it, well, it's a new thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it must have come up from the lower part of town because it during COVID, all, they, and even before, that was just not around. It's just not like that. Oh. I haven't seen this in a while. And I, it caught my attention immediately. I'm like, oh. Skinny, hot, white chicks and, will catch your and, attention. And, huh? but, but I'm thinking, oh, this is a good thing. A, yeah. they feel safe yes. to be drunk and wasted on the street. Yeah. And there were no more than three or four of them at a time, right? And and they're having a good time. I guess <laughs> it's good. This is a good sign. <laughs> You're talking about them almost like an like an animal report. Like yeah. they're they're roaming in packs. Yes, these yes. Oh, white I, I spotted girls. some white leopards. They're, 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 they were they spotted. They were, they were rare. They were rare before until this week. They seem to be reproducing. <laughs> yeah, they're populating the area. The the nature is healing, guys. The skinny white girls have returned. <laughs> I, I you know and a, but isn't it? funny and weird that yeah. it caught my attention yeah well because uh, it, it is it is a sign of safety if like safety. skinny white girls are, are feel safe to walk around and, and i don't know if they were in hiding before i i feel they were young yeah like this is a new thing it yeah. seemed to me because I, I don't see a similar counterpart at 28 to 32 i just don't see it no they, I, they've always kind of they've been serious and they're 
doing their work. And yeah, stuff. and I think once you get older, you're going out less. Yeah, like yeah. there's less temptation to go but out. Then, I, I, people may argue with me about this, but this has not been around for a while. I mean, this. like I said, I haven't got there till post-COVID, yeah. but NYU is like not far from where I live. And so the skinny whites have been like, when I was going to move into Alphabet City, yeah. they were like my um, my broker, who was just like kind of like a realtor when you're trying the, to find the somewhere to rent. skinny whites. He, well, <laughs> the skinny whites, yeah. He, <laughs> he told me, he was like, you know, Alphabet City could be like a little bit of a rougher area. But it was, and I, sure. I, I went to go look at the apartment and I was like, oh, well, I'll walk around. And I saw like, yeah, white girls eating brunch. I'm like, this is the safest area you could be in. White girls eating brunch is a key a indicator a of, yeah, of safety, for sure. I, I would argue the drunk white late at night is, is just one step above the, oh, for the, sure. the brunching. 100%. Well, good. New York's coming back. It's back, everybody, and they're having a good time. That, yeah. That's the part that I, I. That's one of the things that I've been uh, disturbed about. Everything's mm. been such a bummer for so long. In, in I mean, how old are you now? Uh thirty-one. Yes, for your age group, it's everything's been a bummer for the last ten years for the most part. I am like super fortunate, and it's insane because I went down the road of comedy. I started yeah. doing stand up like eleven years ago now, and then like started making social content and all this stuff, and. It, by all means, I should be the least financially stable person ever, but if things are working, working out very well. If and I had it, gone the different route of getting like a serious job, I would be maybe in ruins right now. Correct. And yeah. as it, and that's, I'm talking to a young man just today who was saying something similar that he was an entrepreneur. He's like, mm-hmm. and I'm doing okay, but it's a struggle still, yeah. which I'm sure it is. But has the, how has the sweep been? Has it been fun? Has it been just rewarding or has it been fun? I mean, I, I, the, the, there's been a death of fun. <laughs> I think in the last few, COVID put the final nail in that. Yeah. And and the the drunk white chicks to me are a sign of fun returning. This is, Kay, my theory no? on the fun right. returning. Anybody? Yeah, go ahead. Personally, I am having fun. I, my well, whole, by the way, comedy is the is the sort of ground, is the 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 fire for the fun, right? Yeah. It's where you, you feel good and you come out of, the, of a comedy show. And comedians were, have been kind of, I don't want to say silence, but they, you know, well, it's been until, muzzled a bit until yeah. Dave Chappelle gets out there and starts talking. It's like, oh, okay, we can we can say these things now. Well, I think that uh, trends and status and everything and and uh, like uh, themes move yeah. in decades. Yeah. So you have like the seventies were like this, the eighties were like this. Yeah, it's we true. kind of just went through what something that was like a mimic of the seventies. Yes, where you have like a lot of sexual liberation, you have a lot of social justice movement, uh, and what came directly after the seventies. 80s. was the 80s yep. and the 80s is like punk rock we don't give a it, fuck it was fun we're yeah. doing cocaine Eight. we're dressing flashy right. and i think and you don't really feel the hold of the shift in culture no. until you get to the like four five six years correct in fact if you look at pictures of people in 1982 it looks like 1976 exactly you don't yeah. realize how much was that however i can remember the moment that the 80s became fun it's yeah weird because the 70s were a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you I, Vietnam War. Like, I can remember shit, like, the bottom for the 70s, yeah. too, for me. The the Vietnam War was certainly a bottom for a lot of people. But yeah. for me, it was I was living in New England, and there was a Boston Globe on my doorstep with a picture of the helicopter strewn across the desert. They were trying to save the... Uh, Iranian hostages and I'm yeah. like oh my god we just we can't do anything we suck it's over fuck, yeah. fuck this country and then things moved on yeah uh, and I was at a house party in the fall of 1980 
and uh, and it was sort of like a lot of people, and they yeah. were all uh, drunk white chicks, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> at the time, there were a lot of them. Yeah, a and and Devo came on. Yeah, Whip It, I think it was. Okay, yeah, and people, a one hundred percent of the people started dancing and yeah. jumping around. I thought. This is totally We're different back. than five minutes ago. Yes. This is just a, this is something has changed. Yes. And, and it went on from there. And it was not a straight line, mm -hmm. mind you. I mean, the people, you know, a lot, there's a lot of weird looking back on Reagan as such a wonderful president. People did not like him. No. Yeah, and there was a lot of worry about nuclear holocaust and all kinds of stuff that we yeah. worried about. Yet we still move towards fun. We still move yeah. to. I I think we're going into that era. God of, bless you. You made me feel so much better to say that we're coming back. I that. think so. You deserve it because your generation deserves it. You guys have been. It's been bummer for you guys. It's been a bummer, while. man, dude. Like you can't. Like so many people aren't having kids. Can't afford to have kids. Can't afford to buy a house. All yes. this stuff. We just need a, like yeah. a whole time of what's like. We don't care about what you say. We don't care about getting offended. Yeah. We just and, care and about the economy needs to support you. It, yes, it needs to. And it's we need to get rid of some. I, Humbly, we need to get rid of all these old people too. The fact old. that we're not handing off to you is like sort of disgusting to the me. The old's got to die. We got to do some legalization around like for-profit uh, real estate. I think some Ooh, like interesting. I think well, something creative, unregulated. So, Let, let's bring it. Bring something back. Something, you guys can be creative. Something needs to happen. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, well, good. I feel so much better now. Uh, I, <laughs> right on. Sick. I wonder if we could do a couple of medical videos. I've not done this in a couple Ooh. of weeks, and these should be interesting. And then a couple of voicemails, and then we'll go to calls. Love it. So here we are. Let's see what we got here. Come get a migraine with me. First things first, lights are absolutely off. Uh -huh. This one started coming on at like 7 p.m., which means I'm out for the night and I gotta do that skincare before it gets too painful. I know I'm getting a migraine because I lose my vision about 20 minutes before okay, well, the so pain comes real, on. It's a real I migraine. get one about every two months, so love that for me. Next, we're gonna unmake the bed because the only way to escape the pain is sleep. As soon as my vision starts going, I take two extra strength Excedrin. Gotta take this GD ponytail out. Then I pop in an audiobook, so tell me all your favorite books from 2022. And if someone could diagnose me, that would be amazing. Thanks. Well, you she's already diagnosed herself. It's called a classical migraine. So migraines, mm -hmm. when they really occur classically, they have some sort of neurological precursor vision being the most classic and you'll like lose half your vision jesus yeah. christ and it's it's thought to be related to the blood flow to those parts of the brain it's one of the there's all sorts of other neurochemical things going on mm -hmm. but there are so many migraine medications now yeah i mean it's just ridiculous you can sort of step the, the to have this kind of migraine untreated seems bizarre to me yeah you shouldn't like she just kind of is taking it on the chin every time she, just. And, she, and aspirin and caffeine are helpful with classical migraines that's where she takes the excedrin yeah but yeah I, is she afraid of the, the i mean even the, they're just the triptans and things these milder medicines there's all kinds of stuff you can take they're very safe and effective that's, yeah how about that phrase people love these days <laughs> safe and effective people like it they but, like it <laughs> what do you say I mean, I, yeah, I would go your route of like finding some sort of treatment. It's I'm whenever I have like a medical issue or something yeah. that's like kind of bugging me, I'm like, I'll wait it out sure. until I th be like, okay, this isn't going away. Every young male. Yeah. It's Every like, it's either going to kill me or go away. Exactly. And so a lot of things just go away. So you still have go, that chlamydia from oh, Nova no, Scotia. No. no, no, that you took care of. <laughs> that well, the penis to... brings guys in right away. Exactly. <laughs> so. This guy needs to be working hard. He's, he's... I, by the way, want to do some, I want to, I, one of my new initiatives is to try to make medication for that kind of stuff more available for people. Oh, why, really? Why should you have to go to a... It's so easy to treat. Do you think you could do a home test? 
I don't think we necessarily, yes, you yeah. can. And I'm not even sure you need to test three quarters of the time because yeah. if you just take the azithromycin, it, it'll treat non-gonococcal. And if it keeps going, then you get on the gonococcal stuff. Yeah. And that's what we do anyway, even if yeah. we have a positive test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, even nope. if we have a negative test, we'd give you the same thing because yeah, you're having symptoms. So yeah, they, I, you go take this anyways. Yeah, yes. yeah. If you have and so I, I want to do. A, I want to try to find a way to get that into the hands of young people. I would to, love to that. Take this stuff. Yeah. Why, why do you have to go embarrassed and go in and be? I, I, I have to say, I've done it so many times now that I'm no longer embarrassed. I, look on I my on. watch my website. I'm going to have stuff. I'm oh, gonna, dude. I'm, that's my thing. I'm going to figure out a way to make that accessible. If I ever get a ditch or a dick itch anywhere from uh, from now on, I'm going to be checking your website quickly. Urethral itch. If urethral. you're a dick itch, you're getting into something else. <laughs> so <laughs> That's what it is. It's like right in the urethra. Yeah. It's like feels, I have described it, it feels like there's a caterpillar in there. And right. you're like, and he's and, just like, and, and, it can, and, so, and if it gets bad and yeah. when you pee, it can feel like you're peeing fire. Yeah. I've never yeah. had the fire pee. Yeah. Never had the fire pee. And, and you probably had something called non gonococcal urethritis. Okay. It, or they have different names for it, but it probably wasn't chlamydia. Yeah. But we'll treat you for it anyway. But for this girl, her whole, her head, yes. like, what do you think? Just I like, should, I should make migraine. No, it's a little more dangerous. Because, <laughs> no, because, because sometimes, you know, these migraine symptoms can be serious neurological symptoms. You want somebody to see that person before yes. you give them the medicine. I'm agreeing with that. All right, give me another one. Okay, so I need someone to tell me what the hell is going on. So this hand is completely normal. Both my hands are normal. But today, I literally just touched my hand, and look what happened. So this is my normal hand. Poke it here. I can't even poke it because it happens on this hand. Poke it here. Nothing happens. It's just, just fine, right? It's just still. Poking it, poking it. Nothing happens. Look what happens when I poke this hand. Mm. What the hell is that? Yeah. What the hell is that? What? And I'm poking it with a pencil because I can't even poke this hand without it doing it. I can't even... What is going on? Can someone please tell me she's not actually freaking out? So, and first of all, what's wrong with her voice? Oh, it's, that's, a, that's a filter. Okay. That's a, yeah, a voice filter. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm freaking out about that more than her hand. Uh, that is unusual. I am guessing, now why would it cause tremor like that? I, I'm guessing it's a, a related to something like carpal tunnel. Yeah. Because she is pushing right on the median nerve here, and the median nerve hits the whole hand. And why it's causing that kind of motor dysfunction, I don't know, but I, there's nothing meaningful about it that comes to mind for me. Though I would definitely make sure she doesn't have some sort of neuropathy or something in that hand. So, so if you have carpal tunnel, how do you treat it? What would we do? Well, in that age, probably you just have her wear wrist splints at night, something like that. Yeah. But um, in older people, you have to release it. You have to do a surgery. Oh, really? B6 is helpful sometimes. Yeah. Damn. Because I yeah. know I remember people saying you could get carpal tunnel from jerking off. That was something that like you That's have... sort of a joke. I mean, you, you, you know, we see a lot of it from uh, over... People, when they become parents, they're holding babies like this. That's, yeah. when, that's when young people come in with it. Uh, Older people get it because they got arthritis, and they're, 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 there's a sheath that holds your wrist together that thickens and then pushes on the median nerve. Oh. And so they get numbness in here. And, and you, like if you work with your hands a lot, you're a mechanic or something, you might Especially get Especially when you're holding a position for a long period of time, I've noticed that some people get you. Like if you're holding a piece of equipment and having to keep it in one place, yeah. that, that'll do it for you. Mm. So Good okay. times. All right, let's get a couple of uh, questions in here. We'll do voicemails in a minute. Love we'll it. Get an actual live call from Lisa. What's going on, Lisa? Yes. Right. So my question is, how does Jeans get her mojo back? Because uh, I've been trying really hard to get my mojo back. Okay. How old are you? Get my mojo back. What do you mean by mojo back? Like libido, I, I think. Oh, libido. Okay. Are you also kind of are you, my libido? Is it just yeah. libido, or are you also sort of energy and depressed? All that down. 
or just libido? No, actually, I spent the last year working on that, and I feel a lot better. Okay. Um, actually, the last couple of years, and this last year, I kind of focused on that specifically. Mm-hmm. And I feel fine. I feel a lot better. Cool. Uh, I don't feel depressed anymore because I was, and I had a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and But now I just, I don't have the, like, the desire anymore, which I can't figure out why. I mean, I do sometimes, but not all the time. So and, and any other symptoms? Now you're other, other, or figuring out what... You're otherwise okay? Yeah, I mean, I'm otherwise okay. I mean, okay. therapy too. Like, I'm okay. not taking any SSRI, so I'm I'm doing the work. So that's why I'm sitting here like, what the, like, what? Were you on SSRIs? <laughs> were, were, you said you had depression treated. Were you on uh, serotonin reuptake inhibitors? Yes, so I was on it. I stopped taking them in the beginning of this year, so February. How long were you on them? And I was on them since 2019, 2018. So like three, four, or five years, four years, let's say. And then which one were you mm-hmm. on? I was. I tried a few. I the most recent one was Cymbalta, mm-hmm. um, okay. Lexapro. Okay. All and right. And one other one. All the usuals, yeah. essentially. And mm-hmm. are you on the birth control pill? No. So I was on the NuvaRing, and that was the most recent one, and I also stopped that. I okay. Last time I took that was in 2018. Okay. No, I lied. To 21. All right. That's when so I So the, the real, the thing that, let me ask one last question about this. Do you, do you does your, this is going to sound odd, but is there sort of a numb quality to your sexual responsiveness? Like, do you, you feel sort of numb? Yeah, like sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And, and oh, yeah, can, sometimes. Can, okay, and can you orgasm? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, that's the funny part is that when I was on the SSRIs, I realized that I couldn't, right. like, come at yeah, all. So I yeah. stopped taking them for a few days, and then I had, like, a different type of orgasm, like, a different type of sensation. So I, like, I fell in love with the type of orgasms I was having on SSRIs. And then I wanted to stop taking them, and then they completely, like, it just disappeared, like, and, my drive. And, and were you still having a sex drive while you were on the, the SSRI? No, I yeah. created them by stop taking them right. for a couple of days. So it, this is a really complicated landscape. Uh, both the hormonal contraceptives and the SSRIs can be associated with persistent libido drop. It's not a huge percentage, but it happens. There's actually support groups out there, people who want to raise awareness about this. I actually did a whole podcast about this at one point. It usually does come back. Uh, there are sort of ideas about how to kind of kickstart things. Um, same thing is true. There's a guy named Goldstein, I remember, who uh, has a, a cohort of women who had persistent problems after getting off the, the birth control hormones. The numb feeling is sort of typical of the SSRI. So I'm suspicious that that's sort of the bigger part of the story here. Was it a psychiatrist uh, prescribing that? Yeah. Okay. I would get back in touch with them and see if they have any ideas about there. There are some ideas on how to get things kickstarted uh, and see if you can get and and then do do try to help yourself along a little bit. Do go ahead and masturbate and do that kind of thing to try to get things going. <laughs> it, it, well, it, it sounds funny, I but mean, you I'll really... I'll do what I gotta do. I'm yeah. not gonna say no to that. Right, like bring that. it back. <laughs> bring it... Yeah, are, you, are you squatting oh, yeah. at all? Do you squat weight? You, like, you're lifting and doing any lifting? 
I lift a lot. I do really? bilateral lifting. I do all of that. I literally have been putting in the work and I'm sitting here like, what the fuck is going on? I always find that Where's makes me my, like, I, like I should be horny at this point. And I'm, I am sometimes, but not all the time. So, I'm so you're like, not at okay, your, your usual state. It, it seems mm. mild, whatever you're going right. through, it seems mild. I, I bet there'd be some suggestions. Right, how to yeah. do it. I would definitely avoid the, the hormonal contraceptives with, uh, with, uh, all the heavy oh, progesterones. Yeah. Uh, you could talk to a doctor. How old are you now again? I'm 32. I'm a, yeah. I mean, you 32. could talk to somebody about a little bit of testosterone to try to get things kickstarted. I wouldn't necessarily recommend that. But get that's on that test. That's a, well, very short, <laughs> just to get things going. But uh, I, I would start with the psychiatrist. I'm sorry you're dealing with this. It's um, patients are not warned about this. They should, part of their consent should be like, hey, when you get on this stuff, it's going to change your sex drive. It's going to change your orgasmic function. And when you get off, there's a five percent chance of things persisting. Damn. So, and and I the, the people that I I've sp- go ahead. I guess my question is, if I do end up getting on something with a psychiatrist, would that be a long-term or like a short-term kickstart? Kickstart, short-term. Uh, and, and you can just Perfect. wait. You can also wait. There's no real risk in waiting, really. It's not as though it becomes protracted. And you don't have the quality that most of the people I've spoken to that really have trouble with this. When people really have trouble with it, their they're sort of libidinal energy around living starts to go down. They're not depressed, but they're just sort of flat. Yeah. And and they have a lot of numbing in their genitals. Yeah. Their genitals feel like really sort of detached from them in weird ways. Oof. Yeah, it's very unpleasant. Very unpleasant. So oh, uh, I'm no. glad you're just having a mild Think thing. That I'm not at that point. I, I'll tell you what, it's not going to get worse, that's for sure. And so uh, kickstart, oh, d- do yourself a favor and work on yourself a little bit too, you know, see if you can get things going and uh, talk to the psychiatrist, see if they have any suggestions. Craziness. Here's an, let's hear a voicemail. I promised a voicemail, so let's do that. Hey, Dr. Drew. Mm-hmm. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Mm-hmm. I am a 25-year-old male. Uh, my name is Randall. I am calling Randall. because yeah. recently I, I visited the emergency room, which is not uh, a usual occurrence for me. Um they uh, diagnosed me with something called orchitis. Ooh, nice. Basically, I uh, had my Ooh. balls aching yeah. for about a week and a half before I went in. <laughs> I was worried that it was torsion. It yeah. uh, ended up being something called orchitis. They administered a, a uh, you know an Antibiotic. antibacterial shot as well as yeah. so it's really uh, epididymitis. Probably anyway. Uh, what I'm wondering. Is uh, am I infertile now? Oh, and great question. Um, you know, and and how likely is that? And and if Boy. you could speak to a little bit, uh, you know, what orchitis is. Okay. Anyway, if you say this word again, I smash your face. Which one is that, guys? Help me with that one. <laughs> that the... was a video of uh, an Indian guy getting mad in a liquor store that we played a long time ago. Oh, I remember that that's guy. Yes. Right right wow, on. that is a big fan. That's a deep, <laughs> deep cut. Right it's on. Good for him. So orky is testes, itis oh. is inflammation. So okay. inflammation of the testes, orchitis, orchitis. And um, like orchiectomy is removing a testy. Oh, damn. Orchiectomy. But inflammation of testes is so classically a mumps thing, right? Yeah. You heard about people having that. It can cause fertility issue with mumps. Other viruses can do it as well. It can have fertility problem with the other viruses, though not likely. He didn't have mumps, so I don't think fertility is going to be a big issue. 
Guys his age, when they have orchitis, they really usually have epididymitis. What's epididymitis? And epididymitis, on, on, if this is your testy, on the top of it, you get this, there's this sort of cap. Yeah. Show me a testy epididymis. Give me a testy up on the screen, yes, please. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and they get inflamed really easily because okay. they're sort of the closest thing to your urethra. And so if, if you get like a urethritis or anything, yeah. it gets to the, you can get to the epididymis pretty easily. Fun fact about me, I have one testicle. What happened? When I was born, one didn't come down or one Did had they a take problem. It out? Yeah, they took it out. Yeah, because you know why, right? Because again, it's infected or they something? cancer. Oh, cancer. Yeah. Jeez. So let's look at the next to the green, the left of the green guy, that, that white pearly guy. That's a good one. So the thing sitting on top, that sort of thing on top of the nice pearly ball yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is the epididymis. That little like that little the like, rim. Like, yeah, yeah, the it's, rim. It's, it's sort of a it's sort of a processing plant for the sperm. Mm. And uh and then it goes up, they send it up the perm sperm, then it goes up the vas deferens, which you see there uh, to the right of the of everything. That's, okay, something I've always wondered about, like so your jizz and sperm and everything, it comes through nope. one. Yes, out, eventually it comes out one tube. Yes, one tube. Eventually, but it mixes. It mixes on the way. No, so, well, it, not really. It mixes in the seminal vesicles. So let's see a prostate with seminal vesicles. Okay. and Pro, so, But the, the piss comes through a different one. It There's a flap. So so it's almost like a train track thing. Yes, where it's like 100%. Okay. Yeah. And there can be dysfunctions on that. Give me the middle one there. The, All right. So, uh, so you see that those things that are cut in half with they look like a pomegranate or something yeah yeah that's this that is the um seminal vesicles and that's where they really mix is in there that's where all the fluid is collected there can be some mixing from the vast i didn't know any of this like, yeah. have you ever seen those like man on the street things where a lady will ask a guy like uh what's a fallopian tube and yeah. the guys have no ideas it's like bro i don't even know what's going on in my own nuts no you and know you're, and you're well, this is behind your nuts below your bladder okay and that's your prostate i think it looks like an apple on the bottom so what does the prostate do it produces the fluid oh it's so the prostate so if you get a large prostate you gotta take it out you can't jizz anymore so you don't take large prostates out. You take prostate cancer That's, out. Okay, but the prostate is me. You? And so I have prostate cancer. My oh. prostate was removed 12 years ago, and I have what my dear friends call ghost loads. Go, oh, I, so nothing, no jizz. No jizz. No jizz, no, dude. Ma, no jizz. Dude, that sounds and sick, It's very though, clean, right? Yeah. Everything else, the same. Yeah. Just no no fluid. No no mess. Yeah, yeah. No I think, mess, as my wife says. Honestly, the so, mess is the worst part of the whole process. I would agree with you. Yeah, it's yeah, certainly yeah. been a blessing. So. Yeah. Because especially because... <laughs> we cancer on everybody, but... <laughs> no, like we're not here trying to spread that. But have you... Okay, like, were you promiscuous in your younger years? A little bit. Okay, so, like, this is something I've encountered sometimes. You ejaculate, you're with the girl, maybe it's on her boobs, in her mouth, whatever, and then she does stuff with your jizz. She does, she'll, like, whatever, spread it or spit it out or something as, as a display of sexuality. Mm -hmm. And in a porno, hot. Because yes. you haven't jizzed yet. Yes. Once you've jizzed and you see someone playing with your jizz, you're like, Ey. you just go, why are you doing that? <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> we're done here. What, what do you think you're doing exactly? <laughs> you don't have I to do this, dude. I would agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would agree. And, and, and in fact, the, the same women that will will complain about where the semen ends, yeah. sometimes encourage it. I don't understand that. You either like it or you don't like it. Yeah. You, you don't get not. And that, also, I we're feel, fine. I feel no, like some guys really like it. I mean, so whatever. It's if, fine. if we're in the realm, like I think we're we're accepting that jizz is going to get shot around. Yes. Like I understand if you don't want it on your face or something like that. But if it's like on your belly or boobs, yeah. it's like this yeah. is like I got nowhere else to put this yes, stuff. Yes. And also, you're getting stuff on me. It's not as clear, but you're getting stuff on I me. I like how you think, man. Yeah. 
So, <laughs> so the, the seminal vesicles is where the fluid is sort of built up and stored. The mm -hmm. prostate produces all of it. You can stimulate your prostate to produce more with sexual, you know, sexual activity. And, uh, and then it mixes with the sperm and then that goes So out. that's the whole thing where if someone fingers your prostate, you can jizz instantly. Is that a thing? Like the milking the Some prostate? People that, well, the pro mm, not that simple. Uh, okay. the, the, the prostate is stimulated to produce fluid by sexual activity. Okay. Generally. Some men, when you give stimulation through the rectum onto the prostate, it can be highly arousing yes. to the point that they can get orgasm because the nerve that goes to the penis that gives you orgasm comes along the base of the prostate. Yes. And you can get there through your rectum. Yo, okay, here's, yeah, because I've never had my prostate touched, yeah. but I'm like, it's on the list. Okay. But I, I want it to be done by like a pro, like some dominatrix <laughs> who like, what she does is goes in and touches a prostate. Yeah. She's done this to like well, maybe to thousands. Jason Ellis talk about it. He has a whole encyclopedic study of because um, he's gay now yeah i think he's is he today is he gay i, I, I have to follow jason no, he's, he, he flip-flops he yeah. chooses yeah and he though was able to have an orgasm with anal sex and that yeah. was he has he has a whole study on it okay so, so you can look at that i'll t look at the research the papers peer-reviewed <laughs> okay <laughs> all right here is uh sarah we got a bunch of calls we're gonna get to guys th thank you for calling we hang on we will get to you sarah go ahead yeah, so I had, uh, I was born with a wall that uh, separated my vagina and my uterus in two. Mm -hmm. I got that removed when I was older, but I always felt that my orgasms before I got it removed were so much more intense than after. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering why. So did you, do you have, you had one uterus, but two canals. Is that correct? Yes, and, and, and I have two cervixes. Oh, still. you have two cervixes. So, do you have two uteruses? No, it was just one. Oh, that's interesting. How can you have a cervix and not a uterus? What, what's going on? Is it <laughs> just sort of an me. underdeveloped uterus on the one side? So, so I had a wall that just went straight from like it like split a uterus into two rooms in a sense. Correct. And oh, it, they they took it all the way down. All the way down. I see. I see. I I get yeah. it. So she she women get can be born with two vaginas. It's yeah. relatively sort of common. And that that septum can go all the way to the uterus. Yeah. And it can be inside the uterus and it can create and there are gonna be two uteruses even sometimes. And she was sort of in between. So and she's get, excuse me. And she's saying that she got a lesser orgasm after the surgery. And surgery can mess with orgasm. It just can't. Were you or, were you orgasmic with intercourse or do you have to have uh, clitoral stimulation? I have to have clitoral stimulation. So it's weird that that would be an issue. I, I, I don't have a good explanation for you, mm -hmm. but I do hear from women a lot that after vaginal deliveries and after various kinds of gynecologic surgeries, they notice a difference. I mean, the, the, look, the, the, the male nerve to the penis is, a, is two nerves along the base of the prostate, and it's a pretty, uh, what should we call it, consolidated neurological response the women it's more distributed throughout the region that's why vaginal intercourse is kind of you know arousing to them it feels good yeah so uh, it makes sense to me they might eclipse something when they're in there exactly what i just don't know but uh you know is it that big a deal is it bad i hate to hear it no it's not i was good. just very curious good. because the intensity was just such a big difference i was curious as to also if i would still have a g-spot or would it be like covered by scar tissue? Yeah, 
have you ever had an orgasm with intercourse? I think maybe once or twice. I, I don't think I suspect that will it will change in the sense. No, I don't think that will change very much. I really don't. I don't because that because that that stuff is above the vagina, sort of. It's not right there, but there is stuff distributed throughout the vagina as well. So, uh, Tim, what's going on there? He's your you're thirty. Me? Yeah, thirty one. Thirty one. He's thirty four. Okay. What's up? Hey, uh, I was just calling. Um, uh. I, um, sorry, I'm very nervous. No I problem. Apologize. Don't uh, worry. That's all good. All right. Um, I'm, I was caught out, uh, about a year ago. I, um, quit my job as a, <clears throat> as a tree climber and an arborist, mm. uh, to just try to find some sort of just respite. And then I moved out here to, uh, uh, be with my brother. He was helping me out and, uh, that job, uh, the, the main reason I moved out was it was just not doing well. And, um, as far as just, I couldn't find clients. And Tim, things, but Tim, let's get right the to the, let's get right to the question. Sorry, sorry, sorry. All right. Uh, I have a lot of just overall pain throughout my body, mainly starting in my back, um, and my neck. And I work with people who are much older than I am. And they're, they're, you know, I, I'm not overweight. Um, and you're, you're still an arborist? You're still, you're still climbing, you're still climbing trees and stuff or no? No, 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 no. Okay. no I'm a, I'm a carpenter now. I, okay. I build furniture, just the, you know, some little lighter duty. You know, do your joints swell? Do you get any swelling in your joints or do you get any rashes? Swelling? Uh, oh, you know what? I've noticed recently I get rashes on my neck. Mm. On the back of it, like almost like heat rash and stuff, and sometimes a little mm. bit on the front of my chest. And joint swelling? I don't know if that's, I mean, I guess I would call it swelling. I, it's mm. not, I mean, it's not visible. You know what I mean? It's not, yeah. it's not, you know, so I don't, I don't really do know. Joints, I would call it sort of, yeah, like an achiness. Do they get hot know? ever, the joints? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good, warm, hot. Okay. Um, is there of, uh, anybody in your family? It's kind of hard to, just hard to move. Yeah. Do you, do you have sniftus in the morning when you get out of bed? Yes, always, every day. And how long does it take you to get moving? Um, I generally, I can get moving pretty quickly, but yeah, as far as full movement and like work, uh, it takes, you know, a 10 minute drive to get to work and you know, maybe, yeah, like a little bit of some stretching before I start hitting the table. So Tim, it, it, there's stuff. a, you don't, you know, so, you're not, yeah. I'm not going to diagnose you on a phone call, but there's a quality to this that sure. sounds like a rheumatological condition. I, I mean, particularly morning yeah. stiffness is a rheumatoid arthritis symptom. And there are various variations. Oh, wow. on, well, I'm not saying you have that. I'm, there, are very, there are many variations on that theme. There's things called mixed connective tissue diseases. There's writers. There's a lot of stuff. And they're all very, very treatable, especially these days. So I, I would go see a general yeah. internist and sort of start with the, what's okay. called a serological workup. Because some of your age, I mean, yes, you could have a lot of aches and pains and stuff internal. from just being a part. Yeah, yeah internal medicine. Uh, a lot of aches and pains from just being a carpenter. Yeah. But but it, it's there's a quality to this that you know, you're having rashes. It just sounds immunological and rheumatic. And uh, it sounds mild, by the way. Uh, it doesn't sound like a serious thing. Yeah. But, but it's something that I, I bet could be treated yeah. very easily. That's my prediction. Okay. And if you don't yeah. treat it, I, these I, things can progress. You know, if you don't treat them, you, you know, we don't see that anymore. But they used to progress. 
So would something like an ice bath help with that? Like yeah, uh, if, it, if it ends up being just muscular, yeah, for yeah. sure, that kind of thing does help a lot. Yeah. And and then you know some I I sort of have him work with a physical therapist or something try to figure out why he's having all these muscular pains. Yeah, because that is pretty specific, and and especially if there's a bunch of older dudes who are doing the thing and don't feel don't have any. Problem. Yeah, yeah. That morning stiffness. That's a very characteristic rheumatic thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. It takes them a few minutes to get going. They yeah. literally like they, they have to literally like uh, they're not you know move my hands. I got the so. morning stiffness. But I'm always ready to go. <laughs> he wants to go back talk about prostate again. So, oh goodness! How, how did you get into comedy? Oh man, uh, I I did like uh, public speaking in high school. And um, what, what does that mean? Because I, I don't think about high school and public speaking as being the same. It's the place you do public speaking. So we, you know why I think that? Because what is a high school student going to speak about? You know what I mean? You would do debate or you would do something. In I guess because it was in Canada, we didn't have debate. We didn't have debate team or anything like okay. that. We just would have like a public speaking thing where you could like, it was part of English where you had to like write a speech and then say it in front of the class. And was, then if it was it some of their competitions and things? You Kind of oh, okay. like that. Yeah. And okay. it was like, oh, is your speech better or not? Blah, blah, blah. And I would always make it comedic. Okay. Uh, and But I didn't really connect the dots on it being stand-up. And my brother started doing stand-up. And I was like, because I thought you had to be famous to do stand-up. I thought it was a byproduct of fame. I didn't realize it was your skill you use in order <laughs> to really funny. draw people in. Yeah. Because you watch it on TV. There's just people in the crowd. Yeah. And so he started doing it. And I was like, what do you mean you're you're doing stand-up? He's like, yeah, I'm just going to open mic. So then I wrote jokes with the intention of giving him jokes. And then I was like, well, if I can write them, I should just do it. And then I did it. And the first time went well enough in my memory. Uh, and so then I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. Did you it. get hooked? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it was one thing where I had never tried anything before in my life. Like I was very apathetic about all things except for like video games and like junk food. Well, so, um, somebody said something the other night. I was talking about this very issue. And he, and he said, you know, comedy chooses you. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that is what I, what I experience over people. It's like they can't resist it. It's just they it's just. So they're hooked. When I was like wanting to go chase it, I was going to move to Toronto, go do it. There was this guy who was kind of like a mentor to me, this guy, Dave. He like introduced me to like different health practices and like fitness and stuff. And I told him I want to do this. And he went home at night and he watched a bunch of stand up. And then he came back to work. We worked together and he was like, we're talking about it. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to move to Toronto. Wait, and wait, wait. He watched stand up to coach you or no, to just, just to he, see. He didn't know what comedy was? Or? He, just to see like the mentality. I guess he was just, he's like, oh, this, this guy's interested in it. I'm going to absorb some of it that's, that's a pretty interesting move yeah he For i mean somebody's just workout partner essentially he was uh or no we worked together we worked uh at uh, at a call center together okay, okay um and uh he was uh he came and uh, he came to work the next day and then we were talking about it and he was like uh i was like oh you know i'm gonna move to toronto and if it doesn't work out i'll i'll abandon it and then he was like no 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 these people aren't just trying to do it you either are or you are not a comedian how did he know that already? I don't know. Like, I didn't learn that until years into comedy. Yeah. But he was just a very bright guy and just kind of saw that from, I guess, watching interview or whatever he consumed. Uh, and I and you are. It's like being a comic is more than just like, oh, I go on stage, I tell jokes. It's how you like perceive the world. It's how you communicate with people. I was talking about it uh, with a buddy earlier today about how like sometimes you go to a family get together and it can be very boring because there's all these limitations on what people are willing to talk about and every neat thing needs to be polite society. Where with comics, there is no uh, no limit, no, no, limit, no buffer. Yeah. And it's also, you rarely get into like arguments because it's like, oh no, this is just how we talk. I'm talking about like some weird sex thing I did to a group full of strangers in privacy with comedians I trust. Oh, we'll talk about anything. Yeah. 
and, and I f- kind of feel like it's the golden age of comedy in a certain respect. Oh, it's great. Yeah, right which is, I think it's as much it is the way we consume it, but it's also how many people are able to to understand what you understand, to go mm-hmm. do it, and they feel passionate about it, and they do the open mics, they yeah. put the hours in, yeah, and uh, they, they just put the reps in, really. I think and so. What, there's good quality coming out of that. What we're coming into right now, comedically, I think, I, I think I was said this years ago where we're going to have like a Justin Bieber of comedy, and I think that's kind of what Matt Reif is. He's a younger dude in in terms of comedy. He has a, a an audience that's different from any other comic. He's demolishing. He's like also a, attractive for in terms of what a comedian normally are very attractive dude um and he is is changing the landscape of what how people are perceiving comedy and i think that's in wonderful what in what way he has introduced a whole new audience no one before matt rife had an audience that was primarily like moms and young girls like that just wasn't seen you got people on dates maybe you got people a little bit more bro-y but it would his audience is like it's like Gen Z girls and then like moms mm. and like you just didn't see it. But I think that is so good because now comedy is is going into the space where it's getting closer to music, where it's like you have all these different genres and maybe you listen to this and you listen to that and you never have a crossover of listening to another artist. But it is such a big and normally consumed thing that everyone has something to eat and everyone That's is enjoying. That's interesting. It. I think you're right because I I I. Early on, was saying that this is the way music was in terms of the role that rock stars played in mm-hmm. the the comedians that play in that role now. Yeah. In fact, one except for a handful. That's why I was disappointed during COVID. There wasn't more like what the fuck was going on here. Yeah. We're making fun of it at least. Yeah, absolutely. And there was a lot of toe in the line. It's a, it's a, it, everything has to come in ebbs and flows. I guess that's right. Uh, let's talk to somebody from Maine. This is uh, Isaac. Isaac, what's going on? Yeah. Hey, how's it going, Drew? I'm good. How are you, sir? I'm good. So I have a question that could potentially be pretty dumb, but I'm a delivery driver, and I drive like in an area of my state, and I use many different bathrooms throughout the day. And the other day when I sat down to take a shit, my dick grazed the inner part of the bowl and it was wet and i guess my question is can you get any like disease stds or anything because like i've seen a lot of horror stories in these bathrooms like blood and like shit (laughs) everywhere but of course i don't use those when (laughs) yeah i don't want you putting uh, your penis on blood or shit that's a different story (laughs) than porcelain even wet porcelain. No, it uh, toilets are. Re- that's why this we sort of make them the way we do out of the materials we make them. That's why they work the way they do. They're pretty good at keeping things. I mean, if somebody had some crazy bacterial outbreak of something highly infectious and sat on the toilet seat and you immediately sat down with an open wound next okay well that's okay so there's a but, chance you're infected but, dude. but just no, know <laughs> but the, the penis grazing the porcelain i mean again as long as no blood and shit and all that it's not std then i worry about yeah. anyway i really don't worry about std i worry more like other bacteria or other infectious diseases and things uh, you know viruses and stuff that could could you know get to you that way. Yeah. But really, very, 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 very like like moon rock landing in your backyard probabilities, <laughs> like like an asteroid hit kind of probability. Okay. 
Okay, I appreciate that. All right, and if you particularly if you have no symptoms, yeah, yeah, you can you can head a, g- g- visit all the public restrooms through Maine. Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> This in every Thank urinal you, you wish. <laughs> Maine is the only state in the union I've never been to. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about keeping it that way because it's so weird that I've never <laughs> been to Maine. <laughs> like, I've lived in New England. It's oh, beautiful. No, it's beautiful. Everything I've seen about it, especially your coast, I'm dying to go, but it's, it's becoming like a thing. Yeah, get because, some crab fries. Because I'm, oh man, I would love to go to Maine. And it's not, you know, it's not that hard to, I mean, if you're in New England, it's right mm. there. All right, man. Thanks for the call, buddy. Go to Boston, get someone to yell a slur at you. Like that's a, that's been, part of the experience. I have been Fenway Park. Oh, I lived in New England for a yeah. long time. It, it's I I love New England, but just it's it's just so weird that I've never been to Maine. It's so odd. It's like if I were from California, never been to Arizona or yeah, yeah. Or Nevada. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff. Okay, here we go. This is Victoria. Speaking of New England, she's in Connecticut. Victoria, what's going on there? Oh my God! Hi, Doctor Mommy. Hi, Mommy What's Victoria. On? What's happening, Jeans? <laughs> so, um, my fiance had that. Um, we've talked about it a couple other times on the podcast. The mm-hmm. hernia surgery near his balls. Mm-hmm. Um, his balls. He had that when he was six years old. Ah. <laughs> I'm from Long Island. I, I picked it up right away. <laughs> <laughs> You're in Connecticut. What are you doing in Long? Are you in the on the coast there or something? Or are you near Long Island? So I, well, I was, I'm from Long Island. I grew up on Long Island. Then I was living in Queens through COVID and everything. And then I wound up moving um, to Connecticut. What part? So um, we've missed the suburbs basically mm. and can't afford Long Island. I <laughs> so, hear you. Okay. Makes sense. Um, She's in Hartford. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway. my question is um, at the base of his uh, penis where basically where the, um, where the hair grows, he's so sensitive that I can't even rush up against it touch it nothing like that like otherwise it, it freaks him out his balls get sucked up into his stomach hmm. and um and that's over so i'm wondering if it has anything to do with the surgery because he does have a scar there and um he also has a lot of sensitivity just in the area in general like upper thighs and his balls like i can't touch any of that otherwise Right up into the stomach. So, on both sides? Um, yeah, I'm just wondering what's good with that. O- on both sides? Uh, yeah, on both sides. That mm-hmm. is not a typical complication of, no. of uh, hernia surgery, though you can affect the nerves in that area. Even when you do, it's more sort of aching and that kind of thing, not that high degree of sensitivity. So that may just be him. I'm trying to figure out where the sensitivity is in his penis. Did you catch that? It was at the base of his penis. Like where I, it connects no. to the... No. I'm sorry, sorry. It's not in the penis. It's at the base. Yeah. So where um the pubic hair grows basically, like oh. the, right above the penis. So on the pubic, like on the pubic bone, that area. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. No, I think that's just him. Uh, for whatever reason, why he's so sensitive, okay. I don't know. And, and you're describing the testes pulling up inside. That's called the cremasteric response. That's what men get when they're cold or frightened. <laughs> so <laughs> you scaring the shit out of them, dude. <laughs> By touching his, <laughs> oh no! I like that she laughs. It's so funny. I think it's 
I think it's more of like a ticklish sensation. That yes, you get, and that's I think that's correct. I think I think you're right. It's like mm-hmm. you know how sometimes there's certain parts of a genitalia can be sort of too intense. Yeah, you know. And, oh, for sure. And particularly after orgasm, but yeah. for his case, it's before for whatever reason. I'm glad that you have a good sense of humor about it, Victoria, because it's you know make fun of him <laughs> for it. I think uh, he'll learn. Well, you know what I mean. He shouldn't be uptight about it, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to <laughs> calm him down and make him more comfortable in having sex make with him you. Make him laugh about it. Is is humiliate the man. Not to humiliate. <laughs> Come on now, dude. I, I, I can tell Victoria's got a sense of humor, though. Right? No, no, and for so, sure, for sure. And so you do, right, Victoria? We're not yeah, making I that mean, up. Yeah, I mean, we fuck with each other. We fuck with each other all the time. That's so, good. Yeah, That's that's good. Sure. So, Victoria's a ball buster. It's good. Yeah. This is good. I don't mean ball busting in terms of. I mean in terms of. Bro, like, but, yeah, she's not speed bagging his nuts. No, I mean, I mean, you you make you make fun of ball busting, that yes. kind of thing, kind of fun ball busting. Uh, <laughs> all right, Victoria, thanks for the call. All right, thank you, Doctor Joe. Have a good. You, you bet. That's why I like sometimes talking to female callers because they're so, um, I don't know, it's more going on. It's yeah, more, more descriptive. Co- more color. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So all I right. also feel like there's they're more comfortable with their bodies and different things like that. Guys can be very uptight about discussing their balls and dicks. Yeah, and stuff. we're and we're we're very like linear about it too. Yeah. They're very there's a lot going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's descriptive. They can yeah. paint a picture. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, let's see here. Let's uh, talk to Kay. Hi, Kay. What's going on? Hello, Doctor Drew. So my question was, what does being suicidal due to the brain like what are the effects of it on the brain the thinking itself i mean thinking doesn't doesn't change the brain in the ways you're thinking i don't imagine suicidal thoughts have a lot of complexity to them i mean people think of it in terms of oh it's just you know if you're depressed enough you start thinking about suicide uh there's many variations on that theme you some people have high degree of suicidal ideation with depression. Some people have high degrees of suicidal ideation without depression. Even not depressed, they can start to think suicidally. Bipolar disorder patients, when they're manic, are more likely to kill themselves than when they're depressed. That's just statistically they have the energy. I think it's because they just do really impulsive stuff. They jump oh. off a bridge or something. Oh, they're okay. just oh, they're coming out of their skin and stuff. Yeah. Um, and but there's a suicidal component to it, uh, so so there's a, there's a lot of in you know, some of it's genetic and some of it you know and some of it is to avoid pain and you know there's just all kinds of reasons people get this, uh, and the, obviously each of those have their own brain state associated with it, but the suicidal thinking is not causing those brain states mm-hmm. if that makes sense, okay? So if I were to do an X-ray on somebody's brain who has depression what i see anything oh yeah sure well you have to do functional mri scans we know a lot of what goes on there but it's not exactly the same in everybody yes these are all depression anything anything going on in your consciousness your thinking or your mood or your motivation that's your brain (laughs) and you and that is a chemistry and a wiring and it will we can and it will show we we know what's going on for the most part when those things develop and there are treatments for all those things. There are treatment. That's why we can adjust the brain chemistry with treatments. And that's why therapy changes the wiring. So some of it is a wiring issue. All right, Kay. If you're having suicidal thoughts, it shows that you're in, your life is in danger and it's important to see a doctor. 
so he or she can evaluate what is going on and uh, help you so this whatever condition is causing the suicidality does not result in something terrible. These are danger brain disorders are dangerous and they progress sometimes. And so and sometimes they're medical. Sometimes they're you know I I worked in a psychiatric hospital for 35 years and my first job was running around dealing with the medical part of uh, the care and they uh, I would tell you 20% of the time there was actually a medical problem causing the depressions and causing the psychiatric symptoms. Oh really? Yeah, it's very common or and equally common the medication or the psychiatric condition was Causing medical issues, they're smoking a lot. They're doing stuff, you know. Yeah. So, and it's true with the <clears throat> with the therapy. You're actually you can see the change in someone's brain through an MRI after therapy. Functional MRI. Well, you were talking about the wiring stuff. That's more complicated. Okay. But we can, yes. Yeah. But we don't. And the and the functional MRI stuff, it's we sort of know. I mean, we, that's why we can use magnets and things to change those regions. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, that's cool as hell. Yeah, it is cool as hell, and that's yeah. that's kind of the future. They're they're doing that a little more aggressively now. I know a guy in New York that's doing it really with great magnets effect. to change your perception of th- or your, your, your your mood. Your mood. They, they're going at they they just like running a current like yeah. electric shock therapy. You can run a magnet creates a little current, very focused areas, and that'll yeah. raise the chemistry in that area. Whoa. Yeah. Dude, that's yeah. cool as hell. The the more the common name for that is TMS, transcranial magnetic stimulation. But there's variations on the theme. Now, but it TMS. needs to be precise. I can't like just oh, get yeah. some you can't fridge just magnets a, you and can't just start just, putting them on my you head. You can't just <laughs> take some horseshoe magnet and just like, <laughs> you're like I'm feeling sad. Let me fix this. <laughs> oh my god. Let me do a couple emails before we wrap this thing up. This let's is get a, it. let's get a booger question in. Woo! I have regular boogers. I got a septoplasty, so you got to repair. You had to deviate septum. Okay. Now my boogers are giant. <clears throat> Heck, did he measure them? They used to be an eighth to a quarter. Now they're a half to one inch. <laughs> yeah. Who's <laughs> like, like busting dude, out the dude, ruler dude, on the boogers? Little, little microtome, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's going Is this going to go the rest of my life? Uh, you should go back to the ENT person. I'm wondering if something has happened to the sinuses as a result of that septoplasty. That's crazy. Yeah. Booger time. Caught my husband with porn a few times, 20 nice. years married. I always hated porn. I put on a lot of weight, then I lost it. Now my skin is gross. My boobs aren't what they used to be. I feel like I'm not good enough. Um, when women do this themselves, it drives me crazy. Yeah, it's like, he, he, I bet your husband still finds you very hot. Of course. Yeah. I, the What we do visually with pornography has very little, translates very little to what we are doing or want in our real life. Absolutely. Explain that to her. So, okay. So sometimes you'll watch stuff in porn and maybe it's a kink. Maybe it's a, a desire or something. And, 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 then, and, and what visually on a movie or a photograph hits your brain is not the same as somebody in, in space. No. And the, all. the way you're getting stimulated or enjoying it is completely different. And also you don't necessarily want those things in real life. And if your husband's still like hooking up with you and touching you and kissing you, man, he loves you. And he wants to bang you. Period. Oh, period. Yeah. I mean, it's, we're very simple. Do not yeah. read anything into what we're doing. Oh. It's it's if that's what we want to do, it's because we really want to do it. And porn. Porn is more like uh, recreation. Recreation. Or, yeah. It's like junk food. It's yes. like yeah, I'm not eating. It's like yeah, it's it's just a dopamine release. It yes. like it's hot. You're jerking off. You jizz. You go back to life. I mean, literally, like. It, 
you're that's a great way of describing it because literally like getting a mad at a guy who has is hungry has no access to anything there's a bag of doritos there he eats the doritos you're like dude what are you gonna do why are you doing that it's like i was hungry i was bro. hungry there were doritos yes you do it this i do want do i want doritos all the time no, no. do they taste good yes yeah but i don't want them all the time no exactly. no exactly no. that's a mm, i like that there well, you done. go we're influencing there you go everybody che Dorena, uh tell them where to go to find you C-H-E-D-U-R-E-N-A on all platforms, Chaterana.com for all tickets and tour dates. And of course, Little Dinky News on Twitch and Kick. Good luck, my friend. Thank you. Fun to meet you. Yeah, it was a great time. time. It was was a good time. We we helped some people today. Absolutely. I got to say you, like you, like you're the most doctor doctor. Like you have all these, like, like I saw you holding your pen and the way you answer the questions. It's like very, like it's, it's how you're supposed to do it. It's a doctor, of course, but like clinical and you have these little ticks of like, well, you're listening. Okay. 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 I do have ticks. Yeah. I do. And I was like, man, this, I, at one point you answered something a certain way and I felt this like, the like I was in a doctor's office like I uh, felt that like not insecurity but that like revealingness of saying something to a doctor <laughs> and trying to be like I hope he, I'm not wasting his time I hope I'm doing it right like dude let, let you, that go don't worry about that when you're around a doctor we're yeah. happy to help out we're right not wasting our time uh, alright my friend great to see you and uh, for everyone else we'll see you next time right on all conversations and information exchanged during participation of the Dr. Drew After Dark podcast or interaction on the drdrew.com website is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or physician medical advice or direction per se. You must always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing on these podcasts or posted on this site supplements or supersedes the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Please understand, I am not playing the role of physician in this environment per se. I'm educating. I am a licensed physician with specialty boards in American Board of Internal Medicine and American Board of Addiction Medicine.